loan officers. Join the mortgage calculator as an MLO for unlimited mortgage leads and up to 250 BPS compensation. Welcome everyone to the loan officer training series with the mortgage calculator. We'll wait just a minute to get started here. Let everybody jump on, go live on all the different platforms. We did pull up the chat so you can drop a comment there in the chat. I see a lot of people already commenting. Good evening, everyone. Good evening, Mortgage Calculator team. Happy, wonderful Wednesday, Michael said. I like it. We got a good training here tonight, so we'll get started in just a minute. Like we do every Tuesday night and Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, we do these trainings. So make sure to tune in. Hello, Susan, Pearl, Andre, everybody checking in there on the chat. All right, it looks like we are live on all the different platforms, so let's go ahead and get it started. We'll take the chat off the screen real quick, and then we will get into it. Welcome, everyone. My name is Kyle Hershey, the COO of The Mortgage Calculator, joined here by our president, Nick Hershey, and our sales manager, Jose Gonzalez. This loan officer training series uh, is a show that we do every Tuesday and Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern. And we go through different types of loans, how to approach different types of loans. And yesterday's topic was bank statement loans. And so we're going to continue that. We're going to do part two of that here tonight. And Jose is going to bring up some examples of some bank statement loans and some quotes. Uh, and we will get into kind of the second half of what we were talking about yesterday. Now, before we get into the second part, Jose, can we do a quick recap for anybody who may not have been tuned in yesterday on what a bank statement loan is, just so we're all caught up on what it is we're talking about here. It looks like you're muted. Jose. All right. There we go. All right. Good evening, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Yes, our bank statement loans, like we were mentioning yesterday, are one of our self-employed borrower solutions. All right. Keep in mind also, as I go through the bank statement loan option, that in many cases, in the non-QM world, bank statement option and your traditional full doc option have the same pricing. That means the same interest rate and the same costs associated with it when you buy down the rate. So keep that in mind. Instead of possibly trying to make your borrower jump through hoops of fire, trying to make them qualify for the traditional full doc because you think it's going to be that much better, you may be surprised that all that extra work would be for naught because the bank statement option and traditional tax return full doc option would in many cases, be the same rate and cost. So we were going over yesterday different uh, situations, you know, our guideline requirements, minimum credit score, primary, you know. So we we, we can do this for primary with a max of 90% LTV on the purchase and 85% LTV on the refi. And that obviously is with your preferred preferred FICO scores also. But the, the main thing to consider that this is for self-employed borrowers. Now, we do have one of our options that does, does allow us to combine income types, you know, so we could theoretically have a W-2 borrower and then we could come up with the proper documentation. Uh, they could also qualify adding bank statement income as well as P&L income to their to the loan. So we do have that option. But in this situation we're going over tonight, we're going to be going over simply the option of qualifying only with 
bank statements. So, I mean, the main thing with tonight's training is this is more of applying the mindset, right? I mean, it's difficult to just explain about structure. You know, we're not going over different real life situations, but keep in mind that what we are shooting for here are situations where what, what are some of the things that you would consider that would be the pitfalls of the bank statement loan. And then, you know, beyond the obvious, uh, you know, FICO score is going to result in certain LTVs. That's going to be all in with the main of the program, right? That's going to be the easy part. But where it's, where it's going to come down is if you have to decide, are you going to go with 24 months? Are you going to go with 12 months of, of bank statements instead of 24 months? Are you going to be able to combine if this borrower has business bank statements and personal bank statements and could be from, you know, same business, but just different types of deposits. And that happens sometimes, for example, but he has Venmo, right? And Venmo in some cases may not be able to apply you know, to attach it to a certain type of account, maybe to a business account or whatever. They could have a Venmo into the personal and they could have the business for checks made payable to the business or however they have it structured. I mean, I have had that scenario where they actually have had that, you know, the Venmo's going to the personal and they got all the checks and everything going to the business. We've been able to provide both and have been able to use them. You just have to make sure that the guidelines of where you are submitting the loan allows it. That's the key because we can't generalize any of this process and think, oh, yeah, we can do that. And let me send it to ABC. And then ABC says, no, you can't commingle personal and business. It's one or the other. And then you have to go back to the drawing. So a lot of different things that, you know, to consider when you're just debating, are you going to go 24 months or are you going to go 12, right? If you're going to go 24 months, you have to be sure, very sure that, the deposit trend is not declining and that you're not ending up all these months with potential balances, you know, that's definitely would be something to consider. Now, something else that you may want to consider, again, we were talking about proportionate share, right? Proportionate share of, of their ownership in the business. And then also <clears throat> who is the borrowers on the loan and who are the owners of the accounts? Because if it's a personal account and you have two people in that account, you know, let's say husband and wife, for example, but you only have the husband in the loan, that is a potential problem there to determine what deposits are for what. So you may have issues there proving that those are all the husbands. You may have issues being able to give that borrower who's on the loan, 100% of the deposits that are going into a personal account. I, I don't, you know, that's not necessarily going to be so cut and dry. Like if you're a, if you're a 50% owner of the business and you'll get 50% of the deposits after adjusting for the expense factor, that's on the business side, pretty cut and dry. <clears throat> but because, you know, all the deposits going into the business account are business related for that business. But if it's a personal account, they're not marked as coming in from a certain source that you can trace back 
to the borrower on the loan. The only way you may be able to get around that, <coughs> excuse me, is to have both borrowers on the loan, and then they would all have to both be business owners. You can't just add somebody on to a bank statement loan because they're on the personal bank statement account, and you want to capture all of the bank statement income without any hiccups or any restriction. So, again, a lot of a lot of different structure things to consider there. Other than just that, so let me let me show you an example here, and then we'll. We'll talk a little bit more about these because I see some questions coming in and they're all going to be good. That's really, and if you all can send in some questions like that and then we can address them because this, I want it to be a little bit of an exchange like that with what we're getting. That's what we need to know here. So here I'm just throwing down this, the, you know, this is the highest LTV scenario you could shoot for in a bank statement loan. With the minimum, I mean, the, excuse me, with the minimum credit score that would be required for that loan. So in this case, ninety percent LTV, seven hundred credit score. Keep in mind, I have this example here. It's for a one-unit property. If we increase this two to four units, there will be LTV adjustments because they do consider that different risk factors. They consider that a little bit of an investment component. So again, the maximum LTV that you're going to be able to have in any situation for a primary is 90% with at least a 700 credit score. And Jose, just to put out there, is there mortgage insurance on this? Oh, Kyle, thanks for bringing that up. Absolutely not. Uh, in all non-QM, mortgage insurance is never applicable. So obviously not applicable at an 80 but not not applicable at an 85 or 90 or 88. It is already built into the rate. So even though, you know, even though the the rate's going to be higher, the cost is going to be higher for bank statement compared to conventional, but there is that no mortgage insurance aspect when you are going non-QM. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's multiple advantages to structuring the loan bank statement. Now, Overall, non-QM is always going to experience that benefit of having no mortgage insurance ever applicable. But if you all recall last night's training, we briefly touched on financial planning that the borrowers are going to have. And that there is the biggest factor uh, with bank statement loans. I mean, bank, bank statement loans are now very popular because it, it, it is the solution for those that could seek the solution to the rise in interest rates. Because as the interest rates went up, the affordability factor on these homes went down. So, you know, the, the borrower that was pre-approved previously for <clears throat> five, possibly now would only be pre-approved for 400000 because the interest rate had doubled. But the borrower that's self-employed could then seek alternative options, could seek solutions, with the bank statement program, for example, that's why the origination of bank statement program, since the, this uh, current interest rate environment that we're in, uh, that's why the bank statement programs have increased so much in origination, because a lot of people sought that solution. They were in a position to be able to do that because they're self-employed, and then obviously they weigh out the consideration of full doc 
and having to you know declare an exorbitant amount and pay really high income tax or keeping on managing their financial matters in the same manner that they've been doing it and saving on the tax liability paying a little bit higher interest rate maybe a little bit more down payment if they thought they were going to do 95 instead of 90 but the you know you're 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 looking at substantial savings because most of these borrowers are looking to do it in one year's tax return so they got to claim a lot of and not only are you going to have to pay who knows how much 20 30 40 50 60 depends how much they're claiming in income you know how many thousands of dollars they're going to have to pay in tax liability but another real concern should be if all of a sudden you've been claiming a certain amount of income every year, you're in a certain pattern. And now all of a sudden you're going to claim 10 times the income this year that you've claimed in all your other years. And then next year you are supposedly good and you're going to go back to claiming what you were claiming. Once the genie's out of the bottle, it's out of the bottle. And there could be red flags that could pop up in the IRS database regarding what's going on and you know the borrower could be subject to an audit because of the drastic change in their income up and then down so keep that in mind we're definitely we're not tax accountants or anything to that matter but we can briefly touch on these matters and and suggest our borrowers to consult with their tax professionals to confirm what would be the repercussions of what they're considering so that then they can that can give further value to the product that that you're offering because as you can see i mean it's uh, from the rates that we we're going over this morning on full doc you know you're looking at you know seven percent six point eight percent seven percent at a 95 with mortgage insurance so it's not a really big difference here so this is for our, our primary 10 percent down then our invest option with a minimum 700 credit score is 85% LTV for an investment, and that's for a one-unit property. So very good option here as well. I mean, don't don't immediately assume that every investment loan needs to be done uh, the SER, right? I mean, there we do have to go through a pecking order with the lowest cost option to the borrower, offer that to them first. And that's usually going to mean the option that has more verification, like the bank statement loan. So you know, 15% bank statement loan is going to be a lot better option than if you could get it a 15% down DSER loan, which is going to have the restrictions of a 1.25 or higher DSER and it's going to have rates higher than the options that you're seeing right here. And it's going to have the same one unit restriction at the maximum LTV as well. So again, when you're when you're looking at those, <clears throat> excuse me, the investment property, you know, always look out, be on the lookout for the best and lowest cost option for the borrower. We're not looking for the easy button for anybody, not for the borrower, not for the end of the wider. Yeah, I just want to reiterate that, Jose, to say again, we say DSCR so much. It's our favorite product, obviously. It's investors mainly their favorite product that people want to use, but it is cheaper in this scenario for a bank statement. It is more documentation and therefore inherently almost always going to be cheaper, right? Absolutely. 
you know, and that's what I tell everybody also when we are discuss when we're on the call with our prospects, you know, we should never assume that they're only interested in that one particular we should always, you know, be the ultimate consultant, probe for as much data as we can get to give a thorough assessment of the situation and, you know, guide them. That's what we're here for. We're not salespeople, we're consultants, we're here to offer them guidance, add value, and hopefully end up with a great loan and a very happy customer to give us many referrals. And regarding, I see one of the questions on the chat is something that I alluded to in the beginning here, where we're talking about we, we can do multiple income streams to the same borrower, and we can also multiple income stream with different borrowers in the same loan taking into consideration that our main borrower has to be the one that's fit, that's meeting the guideline of the loan product that we're doing. And then the co-borrower would be the one that would be the, I guess, trailing member. So essentially we would be able to have the main borrower as a bank statement, for example, and the co-borrower could be W-2, full doc, totally acceptable. We're just going to have to underwrite each one according to whatever is the, the customary norm for that income type, right? So the W-2, if they're pay stub and salaried, you know, that's going to be one thing. If they're self-employed, that's going to be another thing. You know, you would follow the same normal Fannie Mae guidelines for those. And I think, uh, let me go to the next one here. So 80, so now <clears throat> I'm sharing here a cash out option this is for an investor so that you all know when you're out there sizing up your deals and again the purpose of what we're doing here now is to create the mindset for those of you that are just getting your feet wet with bank statements this is a nudge so that you go now and you probe and you search all the different pricing engines and all the different guidelines and immerse yourself in bank statement loans but this is so you know more or less where the limits are um, the maximum you're going to be able to do for a cash out refinance on an investment property is 80%. And the minimum credit score that you're going to need <clears throat> for the maximum LTV option of 80%, the minimum credit score you're going to need is 80%, excuse me, 700. 700 credit score for a maximum 80% option doesn't get any higher than 80% on the cash out investment refi. And again, this uh, this example here is for a one unit property. We would have to run it for two to four unit and see if it did affect the LTV or not. And then for our cash out prime, the maximum loan to value that we can do for the primary cash out refi is 85% with a minimum credit score of 700. You know, you're dropping below 700, you're, you know, the LTVs are going to drop substantially. And those LTVs are greater than conventional, correct, Jose? Just go over that one more time. Oh, yes, absolutely. On the conventional cash-out refi, primary, I uh, think you're capped what, at 80% on a cash-out on a primary. Here we were correct. at 85. And on investment, I think we're capped at 75 on a one-unit cash-out. And here we're at 80. So again, exactly. you know, additional benefits for those. This is another not so obvious reasons why, let's say, some people sometimes ask, hey, why would we go full dock on a non-QM loan? Well, here's one of the reasons why, right? Extra LTV that you're usually going to get 
on your transaction time. So really good options here on that. And I see someone asking another similar question on the income type. You can pull up the question there. Yeah, which one are you looking at? <clears throat> well, I was looking at, uh, no, we already answered. Well, the one about what if they share an account, I think I may have answered that one. What if they share an account with a spouse or parent? Uh-huh. I, think I, I think I answered that one, but I'll answer it again. <clears throat> That's the one where I was talking about if you, if, if it's a personal bank statement account, and there's somebody else on that account, there's going to be a problem with the deposits. They may not give you 100% of the deposits. You may have to provide extra documentation to prove that any of those deposits that you're trying to claim are actually business-related income for the borrower of the loan if the other account holder is not on the loan as well. And I actually wanted to share one more slide before we go into some more questions. I wanted to show what's possible with a 600 credit score, right? So people ask that all the time. Usually there are options for low credit scores. You just have to align the borrower's expectations with what is realistically possible. Usually this doesn't align because the 600 credit score borrower wants 80%. But they can get 70% and on a purchase. And the quicker that you are to let them know that and have them realize that's all that's possible, the better chance that you're going to be able to put that loan together. It's when you give them the false hope that with a 600, you're going to be able to uncover that 80% LTV that nobody else found. That's when you run into trouble because when you go back to them, you tell them it's, a, it's not going to happen, then... They already had their hopes up high, and then they're just going to walk away from dealing with you. So 600 is the plateau there for our 70% LTV purchase. So I think we covered the other question that we have there about combining W-2 income and co- and bank statement income with an applicant and co-borrower. Any other questions, feel free to drop them in there real quick before we get out of here. But definitely something to, again, as Jose said, make sure that you're educated about so that you can educate your clients about, right? That's a big deal. Again, the no mortgage insurance, the higher LTVs on some things than even conventional. Uh, There's a lot of ins and outs to it. But as we talked about yesterday, there's also a lot of ins and outs to make sure that you can qualify for it, such as the NSFs, declining deposits. And there's a lot of things to watch out for on both ends of it. So definitely do your research and educate yourselves. So you can educate your clients. Yeah. One other point I wanted to touch on regarding structure, one that could be one that could land you a loan that somebody else didn't see the opportunity has to do, and I did touch on this yesterday in the training, has to do with their time in business, right? Because all bank statement loans are going to require at least a two-year business history. However, if the individual was previously in in a similar job function as an employee, and one of the best analogies that I can use for this is an electrician, Right. Because if they were in a if they were a licensed trades person, let's say a licensed electrician for however many years. And now they go and they form their own company and now they are an electrician self-employed and they're doing that at least one year. 
if you can show the one year self-employed now on their own plus the previous time as a licensed electrician to meet at least two years in business then you would have the necessary documentation for uh, self-employment for two years so it is a little bit of a hack but it does have to be a licensed tradesman because other than that how you're going to verify two years self-employment for somebody for example that does not have an llc or anything like that or business license it's going to have to be through a third-party verification letter, and that's usually going to have to come from an accountant, tax preparer, or CPA. It's the only way that you can get, for example, your handyman that doesn't have an LLC or any other way to prove that they're actually in business, that's the only way you're going to be able to prove that for them. All right. Well, I don't see any other questions, so let's go ahead and wrap it up. Again, we do this every Tuesday and Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern, our loan officer training series, so tune in. We also do our daily mortgage rates live show at 11 a.m. Eastern time every single weekday where we go through the different live rates and do a deep dive into a different topic. We've done bank statements before on that show as well, but definitely tune in next week. We thank you, Jose, for going through the presentation. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We hope to see you all next week, Tuesday, Wednesday evening, 7 p.m. Eastern, for the next Loan Officer Training Series with the Mortgage Calculator. Everyone have a great night. Thanks, everybody. Have a great night, everybody. Loan officers, join the Mortgage Calculator as an MLO for unlimited mortgage leads and up to 250 BPS compensation.